UFO sightings, encounters with Bigfoot, paranormal entities, and mysterious disappearances. Strange events such as these happen all over the world nearly every day. But what happens when this activity is concentrated in one specific area? In this episode, we will bring you to three special places you'll be sure to never want to visit. For you could be next. This is episode 18, the Bermuda, Bridgewater, and Bennington Triangles. Welcome to Creep Your Heart Out. Hey everyone, welcome to Creep Your Heart Out. I'm Monica. And I'm Nick. And this is a weekly podcast where we talk about all things wild, wicked, and weird. Sorry we took a week off, but <laughs> I think we definitely, yeah, we definitely would not have had time last week to do nope. an episode. Holy shit, yeah. We were in upstate New York last week at Rat's Nest Running and mm-hmm. up in East Durham, and it was awesome. Yep. It was so cool. I can't wait to go back next year. Didn't meet any listeners. No. But, you know, it's okay. Next year, we'll be up there again. Yeah, we'll say, you know, next, what, August, end of August or Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, so when those dates, you know, we'll probably get those dates next spring and we'll let everybody know. Maybe by then we'll have some upstate New York listeners. Yeah. What's your favorite shape? My favorite shape? Yeah. Hmm. Do you have a favorite shape? Um, I like spheres. I don't know if that's spheres? a shape. I don't know if that's really a shape. Oh, a, th- a three-dimensional shape. Yeah. I mean, yeah, a sphere is a shape. Yeah, just, they're cool. <laughs> I like a, I like a good rhombus. Yeah. You know what a rhombus is, right? Yeah, it's like, it's like a the, square that someone pinched the top of it and made it all Yeah, it tilts. Weird? Yeah, it tilts. Wait, yeah. is it the tilty one, or is it the one that looks like a mountain with the top cut off? Uh, I think that's a parallelogram. No, know. a parallelogram is is the the thing you're thinking of, like a, a slanty square. Oh yeah, so yeah. A rhombus, a rhombus is, is the, the one mountain, with the, the chopped off mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a or a chopped off triangle. Yeah, it has to do with what we're talking about today. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so I mentioned triangles because we are going to be talking about what I'm calling the triangle trifecta. Hmm. So what that is, is we are going to be covering three different famous areas of land or water where strange or supernatural things have taken place over the last few centuries or so. Okay, I see mm-hmm. where this is going. Yeah. So we've all heard of the Bermuda Triangle, obviously. So yep. we're going to be talking about the Bermuda Triangle a little bit today, but also two other triangles that are actually both in New England, oh. where really creepy and weird shit happens. And all right. you know, people go missing and people see things, a lot of Bigfoot a lot of Bigfoot. Yeah, it's wild. So this is this, um, remember watching? Did you watch Castle Rock? I did. Yeah, you know, it takes place in Maine, and there's that uh-huh. section of the woods where all this weird interdimensional so stuff happens. This may have been based on that, maybe inspired by it, maybe okay. inspired by it. Okay. Yeah, possibly. I'm not sure. I actually haven't watched Castle Rock. I actually think I binged both of those seasons last year when we were in lockdown. So it's yeah. been kind of a while. Maybe we should watch those. Yeah, those are really good. They I hope they good. come out with another season. Yeah. So yeah, uh, this episode might be a little longer, only because I really wanted to kind of make up for last week. It's not going to be terribly long, but you know, a little longer than our normal 45, 55 minutes. So so we're going to start with the Bermuda Triangle, which I know most of us are familiar with. The Bermuda Triangle is a mythical region covering about 500,000 square miles of an area just off the coast of North America in the western part of the North Atlantic Ocean. Though its boundaries are not universally agreed upon, the area is most popularly said to lie between three points, Miami, Florida, Bermuda, and San Juan, Puerto Rico, with the distance between each point being roughly about 1,000 miles. If you were to view the Bermuda Triangle on a map, it appears to be nothing more than a wide, empty expanse of ocean with nothing visibly distinctive about it. However, it is reported that more than 50 ships and 20 airplanes have mysteriously disappeared without a trace 
after they had crossed over into the Triangle's borders. One of the first times the Bermuda Triangle appears in our history books was in 1492, when Christopher Columbus sailed unknowingly through the area on his first journey to the New World. Columbus and his crew had claimed that while passing through the area, strange and unexplained events began to happen. Some of the first reports were that they had witnessed the stars moving all around the night sky, and that here and there, their compasses acted strangely and gave erratic and misleading readings. On one night of their journey, Columbus and his crew had seen a great fireball fall from the sky and crash into the dark waters of the sea. Columbus himself had reported that on another night, a few weeks later, a strange light had appeared far off in the distance, resembling that of a flickering candle. When he told his crew of this and asked them to confirm the sighting, the light had vanished. According to Columbus, it reappeared and then disappeared several times. Along their journey through the Triangle, Columbus and his crew encountered a stretch of ocean known as the Sargasso Sea, an area that lies between Bermuda and the Caribbean. Ancient stories told tales of those unlucky enough to wander into this windless and deadly calm region known to leave sailboats stranded forever. So it's like this weird, deadly calm part of the ocean where the water doesn't move and there's right. no wind. Hmm. So if you get, you will just get stuck there. Weird. And there's apparently like all these like abandoned ships and stuff that were there that like the people just got stuck and died and they just couldn't go in any direction. Cause obviously hmm. you can't yeah, row you, a boat that big, right? like those big ass brigs. You can't mm-hmm. like yeah. move those anywhere yeah, without wind. wind. Yeah. yeah. So it's just this one part of the ocean where some believe it's like supernatural. Others think that it's two ocean currents that are moving in opposite directions that meet in that one spot that mm-hmm. cause it to just sit completely still. And there's like no wind and not really like any weather. That makes sense. Isn't yeah. that crazy though? Yeah. Just geographically where it is. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Since the days of Columbus... Many unexplained disappearances occurred in the Bermuda Triangle, most without a trace, with rescuers never being able to recover bodies, wreckages, or any other artifacts. Since 1851, it is estimated that around 8,127 people have been lost in the Bermuda Triangle. Damn. Many of the ships and aircraft vanished in reportedly calm waters, and never even having sent a distress signal. Hmm. They just, poof, they're hmm. just gone. Weird. In November of 1909, Joshua Slocum, the first ever person to circumnavigate the globe, started out on another voyage. He set sail from Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts, heading for the West Indies in his ship, the Spray, the same ship he had taken around the world. He was never heard from again. I thought Magellan was the first person to circumnavigate the world. So Slocum was the first person to do it in a boat. Oh, okay. So he was just in this, I don't, I think it was a small sailboat. Mm -hmm. It took him three years to get all the way around the globe just Mm -hmm. by traveling the ocean. Oh, okay. So I don't know if, who who did you say? Magellan. Didn't he do it in like a, a balloon or something? No. Or like a, some kind of craft of some sort? No, that's from that storybook um, oh. <laughs> no i don't i don't exactly how he did it but oh, i've never heard of him i thought the story was real <laughs> someone like went around the whole globe in a balloon that was around the world in 80 days or whatever by jules verne it was a, oh i think it's jules verne i don't know i've never read it but it was probably inspired by this story or maybe magellan 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 no never heard of him in the july of the following year Slocum's wife told the newspapers that she believed he was lost at sea. Despite being a very well-experienced mariner, Slocum had never learned to swim, considering (laughs) it to be useless. (laughs) Wow. I know. He was just like, no, no, no. That is beneath me. I only take a boat. (laughs) It's like, but what if you fall off? Like, you did this journey by yourself. What if you fall off the boat? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, uh, I guess... 
I hate the sight of blood, but I'm training to become a surgeon. (laughs) (laughs) It's fucking wild. As long as I don't have to cut anybody open, I'll be the best surgeon (laughs) ever. Right? I'll be fine. In 1924, he was declared legally dead. His ship was never found. Not wild. He went around the entire fucking globe. He went from Martha's Martha's Vineyard, and I believe he landed, three years later, landed in Rhode Island. Like, Damn. just pretty pretty close to where he left, and mm. he was fine. Yeah. But he goes, you know, from wherever, Martha's Vineyard to, I think he was going to, like, what, South America or yeah. something like that? Yeah, through the Bermuda Triangle. And he went through uh. the Bermuda Triangle and disappeared. Hmm. Never came back. Weird. Yeah. It's wild. In March of 1918, a 542-foot Navy cargo ship called the USS Cyclops, sank within the boundaries of the Triangle, somewhere between Chesapeake Bay and Barbados. The ship was carrying over 300 men and 10,000 tons of manganese ore. Strangely, the Cyclops never sent out an SOS distress signal, and though there were extensive searches for the ship, a wreckage was never found. Hmm. They didn't find... A 542-foot boat. I mean, granted, it could have sank to the bottom of the ocean, I guess, but... Well, the question is how. Exactly. I mean, there's nothing really out there, so... Do planes and boats still go through the triangle? Yeah, all the time. But just randomly, sometimes they just... Yeah, sometimes they go missing. Weird. There was one actually kind of recently that I'll tell you about in a little bit. It's it's fucking crazy. It's kind of random, and they go missing, and they're never found. It's very weird. U.S. President Woodrow Wilson later said, quote, Only God and the sea know what happened to the great ship. But the story gets even stranger. In 1941, two of the Cyclops' sister vessels mysteriously disappeared without a trace along nearly the exact same route. So three almost identical ships mm-hmm. went missing along the same exact route. And they never found any of them. And they also never got a distress signal. Never got a distress signal. Wow. Never found the boats. It's wild. Not crazy? Yeah. There must be something along that route somewhere. Who the hell knows? Mm. They could have, uh, maybe it was a, maybe they went off to another dimension. Right. Or, or maybe it was a black in. hole. Maybe aliens. Mm, maybe. Yeah, there's lots of theories. Portal. On December 5th, 1945, five Navy bombers carrying 14 men took off on a two-hour training mission from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, around 2.10 p.m. This was a routine training mission. Okay. Somewhere along the route, the leader of the mission, known as Flight 19, began experiencing a malfunction with his compass, causing him to get severely lost. All five planes flew aimlessly, trying to find their way back, until they finally ran low on fuel and were forced to ditch at sea. Their last radio contact was at 4 o'clock p.m. The official Navy report said the planes vanished, quote, as if they had flown to Mars. Later that same day, a rescue plane carrying 13 airmen vanished while searching for Flight 19. So it was like one right after the other. They both got lost. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Even to this day. Ships and aircrafts mysteriously vanish within the boundaries of the Bermuda Triangle. On December 29, 2020, a blue and white 29-foot Mako Cuddy cabin and its 20 passengers had gone missing in the Triangle. The day before, they had left from Bimini, Bahamas, en route to Lake Worth, Florida. They should have arrived the same day. When they did not, Bahamian authorities contacted the U.S. Coast Guard. They immediately started to search for the group. On Friday, January 1st, after searching for about 84 hours and more than 17,000 square miles, rescuers suspended their search. So far as I could tell, they still have not found the boat. Hmm. Yeah, it's just been missing. I'm, I'm surprised. I'd like to see if they can use some of that new technology with like... um. Where they can they can ping a signal off the ocean floor and bounce it back to the ship. You ever seen that? Yes, yeah, like sonar. how they found like the, the Titanic and yeah, stuff. That's, yeah, that's sonar. It'd be 
cool to see if they could like i mean i'm sure that someone has maybe there's something out there we can look into like in the bermuda triangle like pinging that and just seeing what happens like imagine like a big ship graveyard at the bottom of the ocean yeah i mean there probably is but like i said the bermuda triangle is something like five hundred thousand square miles and who knows how deep it is i mean i don't know how deep certain parts it can't of it be is. it can't be as deep as like where the titanic sunk because you're surrounded by so much land it can't be like that i mean relatively that deep I don't know. It's pretty far out there. Yeah, but like you're surround. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Who knows? And there could be pockets of like, mm-hmm. like trenches or things like that, like a giant underwater trench. Like, who mm-hmm. knows? Who knows what it could be? Maybe it creates. Maybe there is one that's it creates some kind of like suction or something or some crazy. Yeah. They did a MythBusters a thing about can whirlpools swallow ships, and they pretty much debunked that mm-hmm. that you can't have a whirlpool big enough to literally suck an entire ship down to the to the bottom. Just yeah. wouldn't happen. Probably not, no. It like, probably maybe could suck like a small ship or something or yeah. a small boat. Yeah. But probably nothing that would suck like a huge 542 yeah. scale fucking Navy yeah. vessel. They you know? scaled down. They Remember, they scaled it down. So like they had this big uh, water tank and they created like a current like to make it a whirlpool, right? So it's like mm-hmm. spinning. It looks like a toilet flushing, but like huge. Mm-hmm. And then they did... Like some little styrofoam floaty things, and like the size of the whirlpool would have to be like so un- insanely massive that like you could see it from like pretty much space. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to be able to suck in like an aircraft carrier or yeah. something like that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, it was some ridiculous, ridiculous thing. Who knows? So I, th- I still think they went into another dimension because how do you lose a fucking boat I that big? Yeah. How do you lose three boats in a I row that big? I mean, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's just like a special spot, you know? Yeah, it just how happens they have to cross over like a very specific part of the triangle or something like that. Makes you think, imagine like if, like this is just total fantasy, but like imagine if we sent like um, a robot past like Mars, like the next planet, like wherever there's Dorothy or something. Have you ever heard of Dorothy? That's, I think that's what they call it. It's like a planet that's out, the closest oh, planet outside our solar system. I think it is Dorothy. Some people think they have a theory that it resembles Earth, and it looks a lot like Earth. But what? You, how fucking weird would it be? It's like you send like a rover out there, and you find a bunch of ships, like, a bunch of like missing, just shit, missing, like ships. missing people and like missing objects and things. Yeah, just it's kind of like in Harry Potter, like the vanishing cabinets. Or no, yeah. was it the vanishing cabinet? Or remember in one of the last movies, yeah. uh, he he went to that room where mm-hmm. like it's a room that's ideal for people to hide stuff in, yeah. and it's just like everything gets sent to that room yeah. or something like that. It, it's fucking weird, like yeah. you know everything. Or I, I forget what it was. I feel like you put something in this cabinet and it winds up in another place or something mm-hmm. like that. So it's like, what if the Bermuda Triangle? Hear mm-hmm. me out. What if the Bermuda Triangle? You pass over it. Mm-hmm. You get sucked through some kind of wormhole and you end up on Dorothy. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it's a better place, though. Yeah, well, yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, they got to get on that. Yeah. So you can get the hell off this planet. <laughs> yeah. So what could it be? Why are these vessels and people being targeted and vanishing without a trace? Could there be a giant, vicious sea monster lurking beneath its depths, preying on those who dare enter its waters? I also hope it's that. <laughs> yeah. The Kraken. Like, yeah, I was going to say like a giant Kraken or like yeah. a, another Loch Ness monster or something like that. Mm. Who knows? Could it be a hotspot for supernatural activity or a portal to another dimension? That's what I think. Mm-hmm. I think it's a portal. Portal. I'm going with portal. I'm going with portal. Could it be the perfect cover-up for an alien abduction? Mm. Or could the answer be much simpler than that? Some experts claim that no more ships or aircraft go missing in the Bermuda Triangle than in other places on Earth, but there could still be some things going on in the Triangle that are unfavorable for travel within its boundaries. One theory is that a small sliver of the Triangle is one of the few places on Earth where true North and magnetic North line up, causing compasses to go haywire. Okay. So that explains... You know, why? I don't think that really explains maybe ships, but I think it does explain maybe I think aircraft. No, I think it totally explains ships, like how they navigate it before motorized ships. They use a compass. Right, so but they're if, not going to crash in, into anything, though. Like aircraft, no. if their compass yeah. gets fucked up, they might they might crash but into the water. If you're trying to head north 
and you only have supplies to get you from point A to point B, and your compass is pulling you towards a Bermuda Triangle, and you're nowhere near land, you starve to death. Yeah, maybe, maybe they're just going around and then in plus, circles. Plus, there's that rip, that tidal, tidal thing where it becomes like there's no wind. So it's possible. Yeah, we're going north. Guess we're going north. It's getting weirdly warm for north, and all of a sudden, you're just in stagnant water, and then you yeah. just die. It very well could be. But how to explain the complete disappearance of, of the boat? I don't know. Yeah, I think that is very weird. Yeah. Like I said before, it is a huge space, but you'd think like something by now would have been found. I mean, there's tons mm-hmm. of aircraft, and I could see maybe aircraft not being found, but boats, huge mm-hmm. boats, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I don't know how those haven't been found. See, I could. S- I don't understand how aircraft can't be found because aircraft that's able to fly places like that, that's fairly new technology where you at least had radio. Right, but what I'm saying is if it crashed into the water mm-hmm. and everything sunk, mm-hmm. you might not be able to find it. But a boat is probably going to sink mostly intact. Mm. You know what I mean? Like the Titanic broke in half and it still sank mostly intact. Mm-hmm. That's why they could find it. Yeah. It's not like it disintegrated into a million pieces like a like yeah. a plane might. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. I don't know. I think it's kind of weird that they haven't been able to find anything. Has any debris washed up on any of the three islands? I'm sure some. I think in some cases, it debris has washed up, but it's not much. Mm-hmm. I think certain debris of like aircraft maybe, but not really boats. Mm-hmm. Like boats don't really turn up. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Storms could overtake travelers, causing rough seas and whiteouts leading ships to become turned around and disoriented. A rogue wave, defined as a monstrous, unpredictable, and suddenly appearing surface wave, could also be the culprit. Mm. These waves are often almost unnoticeable in deep waters and could easily overtake a ship. There is that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Remember the Poseidon movie? Yeah. Big-ass rogue wave. That's... Those are real. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. I think it said something like they could be up to like 100 feet mm-hmm. high or something like that. Like, oh, so I just get like sick thinking about I that. Know. It's Sometimes so like, scary. Yeah. Like deep ocean is definitely like a really kind of. Oh, yeah. Thing. I would never go on a fucking cruise. Would you? Um, I don't know. I mean, I would. But the problem it's more actually people always get sick on cruises. And then with everything going on right now, it's like the idea of it. It's like, yeah, you're gross. just stuck with like a few thousand Breathing people everybody's on a boat. Air, yeah. You know? But at the same time, I just wouldn't want to be out to sea. I think that's a vacation I could skip. I'd rather go somewhere else. I almost got on, on land. a couple years ago before we met. I was just like not happy with my job, not really happy with my life. And I was talking to a buddy who sails. He's got, he built like build sailboats, like restores oh, them. You you and lost me at built his own sailboat. No, but he's, <laughs> he's no, he doesn't look legit. Like they're, yeah. they're like beautifully no, done. It. But I, he sails like all. He'll go out really far in the ocean and just hug the coast of America and just sail all over. And he's like, "Yeah, it's hard work because you're just like running rope and pulling on a sail." And he's like, "I was like, dude, I'm so down. Like, I'll go out for a week, sure, you know." Ugh, no thanks. But, yeah. That's that's one thing I'll skip. I'm good. Yeah, I'm gonna hit him up again. I might do that at some point. Maybe no. not a week, but do a couple days. No. Let's do it. No. Let's, he <laughs> Absolutely not. He doesn't go that deep. He goes like a few miles off the coast. He's, no. He's, he's got a radio and he's got little life jackets and blah, blah, blah. He's got all that stuff. Come on. Let's do it. No. I'm all set. No. You, you you do that. I'll stay home. And then you could be like, my husband was lost at sea. <laughs> I'll wait for you on a pier somewhere. Right. I'll yeah. Just die waiting for you and then my spirit will haunt the pier forever. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. The most recent theory suggests that the disappearance of these ships and aircraft could be explained by ocean farts. Ocean farts? Ocean farts. That's a thing? Yep. They are large deposits of methane gas that spew up from the ocean floor. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So if there's like, what do they call them? Like fissures in the earth? Yeah. And there's methane gas in the earth that builds up. Mm -hmm. And basically it builds up enough that it releases and then it releases these huge bubbles of basically fart gas Mm -hmm. that could theoretically, like if a ship just happened to sail over it, it could blow up a ship. Oh, that makes actually makes a lot of sense. It'll pummel it. Yeah. And then it'll maybe capsize and sink. Yep. Oh, okay. Death by farts. Mm-hmm. Huh. These large gas bubbles could deal great damage to a ship, causing it to sink 
and disappear forever beneath the vast surface of the ocean. So that's it. We've solved it. It's ocean farts. It's ocean farts. It's ocean farts. That's the Bermuda Triangle. That's why everything goes missing. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think? Vortex, aliens, or ocean farts? I think ocean farts, but I just keep hearing the Titanic theme over the idea. Like, (laughs) instead of an iceberg, big ocean fart. (laughs) Comes up and just blows up a ship. And then just cuts right to the Titanic theme. (laughs) Yeah, there's people floating on doors and, you know. Farting. Farting, yeah. yeah. I imagine that part of the ocean is probably pretty warm, though, so I don't think they'd freeze to death. No, they'd be yeah. all right. Yeah, they'd be all right. Just yeah. floating on a door. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's pretty nice, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Until they get blasted to, you know, through a wormhole onto Dorothy, and then all they have is their door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. And that's where that door in the Twilight Zone came from. Yes, That exactly. floating door. We've solved it. We solved it. We've we figured out it. what that floating it's door is. ocean farts and wormholes. That's what the Bermuda Triangle is. Yeah. Well, that was fun. Yeah. Ready for the next one? Triangle number two. Triangle number two. So, this one's a little more close to home. And I'd love to visit this because this is not that far away from us. Hell no. So, next we're going to be talking about the Bridgewater Triangle. Like Bridgewater, Connecticut? Massachusetts. Oh. Uh Uh-huh. Close, though. Yeah. Kind of. The Bridgewater Triangle is located within southeastern Massachusetts, covering about 200 square miles between its points, Abington, Freetown, and Seekonk. Within the Triangle's borders lay 17 towns, including Bridgewater, Raynham, Taunton, Brockton, Dighton, and Rehoboth. I've mm. been to at least two of those places. I've been to Brockton. 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 The area, sometimes referred to as America's Bermuda Triangle, is claimed to be the site of very unusual sightings and activities, ranging from the paranormal to UFOs. So, I said before in this podcast that I was not going to take the paranormal route, but these stories are just so like interesting okay. that I had to do it for some of these because they're just so cool. Okay. Entertainment purposes. All right. Yes. But also, I'd love to visit these places because some, like, apparently reputable people have gone to these places and said, like, they've either seen weird shit or they just felt really uneasy or whatever. Within its boundaries lies the vast wetland of Hockamock Swamp. Expanding nearly 17,000 acres, Hockamock Swamp is the largest freshwater swamp in the state, covering much of the northern area of southeastern Massachusetts. The land is covered in marshes and ponds, thickets of old trees, beds of brush and vine, sinkholes, and even quicksand. Hmm. Ancient human artifacts have been discovered in the swamp, some dating 8,000 to 9,000 years old. Damn. Yeah, there's some old shit down there. For hundreds of years, the Hockamock Swamp has been a hotspot for supernatural events and strange sightings. Even the name itself is ominous. Given by the Wampanoag people, Hockamock translates to the place where the spirits dwell. Oh, geez. Mm-hmm. Giant, vicious, red-eyed dogs have been seen attacking the ponies of those who dared enter the swamp. Huge, winged animals resembling pterodactyl have been seen weaving in and out of trees, sometimes swooping down on an unlucky traveler. Unexplained, glowing lights in and above the trees have been seen, and some have even reported seeing Native American spirits paddling along the rivers in ghostly canoes. Mm. There have also been claims of a huge, hairy, half-man, half-ape creature shuffling through the woods. Mm. There he is, Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Mm Mm-hmm. Some believe the Hockamock Swamp is cursed by the Native Americans of the region who were so horribly persecuted, their land brutally and forcibly taken from them. The energy is believed to circulate through the Hockamock Swamp still to this day. Still, many believe that the swamp has a certain gravitational pull for supernatural phenomenon. Since the early 1900s, 
there have been several reported sightings of UFOs within the swamp. In 1908, on Halloween night, two locals traveling through Bridgewater saw a light in the sky, which looked like a giant lantern. The two watched it hover above the trees for almost 40 minutes before it disappeared off into the darkness. A family having a cookout at their house near the swamp in the summer of 1999 reported that while outside, they suddenly heard a loud noise coming seemingly from nowhere. When they looked up into the sky, they saw bright lights descending fast toward them. Just when it looked like the lights were about to collide with the house, they darted off sideways at great speeds and disappeared. Aliens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Aliens. Also located within the Bridgewater Triangle is Freetown Fall River State Forest. This forest, commonly known as Freetown State Forest, lies primarily in the center of Freetown and covers more than 5,000 acres. The forest offers locals a place to hike, bike, picnic, and even dog sled, as well as enjoy magnificent views. However, the Freetown State Forest does hide more than a few sinister secrets, with some even claiming it to be the most haunted forest in America. Hmm. On November 11th, 1978, the body of Mary Lou Aruda was found in the forest by a dirt bike rider. The young girl was found fully dressed and tied to a tree in a standing position. She had been abducted two months earlier, on September 8th, which happened to be her 15th birthday. Hmm. Mary had been riding her bike around her neighborhood in Raynham when 31-year-old James Cater, a local donut shop manager, appeared and forced her into his car. Cater then brought the teenager to Freetown State Forest, tied her to a tree on a slope, and left her there to die. Her autopsy report stated that the cause of death was postural asphyxiation, or strangulation because of the position of the body. There was no evidence of sexual assault. Hmm. In 2016, Cater died in prison while ser serving a life sentence for his crime. Hmm. Apparently he had done that to another girl, like a couple years before that, like tied her to a tree in that forest. Hmm. But she ended up getting away. Did he ever say somehow? why he did it? Like, what does that have to do with that whole triangle thing? She was found in that forest. Oh, yeah, I know. But like, why? But did it? Did he say like, oh, the something was calling me to do it or anything like that? I don't think so. I couldn't really find a lot on that little that case there. Mm -hmm. It was just. I mean, I I looked all over the place. I couldn't really find anything. It's like I found one newspaper clipping, but it was mostly. I mean, it kind of just, you know. uh it was when her autopsy report was published. Mm -hmm. And so that, you know, that was out in the media. But other than that, he was being tried at the time. And that was basically it. Like, I didn't really find anything else. But I'm not okay. sure why he put her in that forest. But it's kind of weird. Kind of weird. Yeah. Three more murders were also linked to Freetown State Forest. In 1987, a drifter mistaken for an undercover cop was murdered in the forest. And in 2001, two men were found dead on Bell Rock Road, a road that runs through the state forest and connects Assinet and Fall River. They had been shot to death. A missing person's body was found in the forest in West Bridgewater. I could not for the life of me find who this person was, but... They were a missing person. They were gone for a while. I don't know if it was a man or a woman. One source I saw said a woman. One source I saw said a man. I have no idea who this was. So if anybody knows who this is, please let me know. Their body was found next to an inscribed stone known as the Solitude Stone or the Suicide Stone since the victim appeared to have committed suicide. The stone was inscribed with the poem. All ye who in future days walk by Nakaseket stream. Love not him who hummed his lay, cheerful to the parting beam, but the beauty that he wooed in this quiet solitude. July 22nd, 1862. Hmm. So it's the stone that's out there that has this 
perfect looking text on it. Mm-hmm. And it's this this really creepy poem. Yeah. And it was just out in the woods. Mm. And then they found this dead body next to it that had apparently committed suicide, like next to the stone. And it was like in the middle of the woods, like next to yeah. this. Was it like in a graveyard or something? or something? No, it was in the middle of the woods. Maybe, next they removed to this... it. Maybe someone removed it from a graveyard, put it out there. Well, they're talking about, what is it? The not, Nakatesit, mm-hmm. Nunkatesit. I probably said that wrong. I'm sorry. The Nunkatesit stream. Mm-hmm. So it was like found next to the stream in the middle of the woods. Mm-hmm. And the poem describes the stream. Yeah. And it, it was just there. Oh. It's just weird. really weird. That is weird. Yeah. Super weird. And then there was a, I think like the only reason people found it was because there was like this dead body near it. But it, they had found, the body had been found like, I mean, this poem says it was written in 1862, Mm -hmm. but this body was found in like the 1900s. So it wasn't the same person. I think they know who wrote the poem. It was some, it was like an author or something like Mm -hmm. that, or a minister or somebody Mm -hmm. that had lived in the area. But it was just like, why is this out in the middle of the woods sitting here? It's very weird. At the opposite end of the forest sits Assinet Ledge, a huge, ominous granite rock towering 80 feet over an old quarry. The ledge is the subject of many local legends, including ghosts, monsters, witches, and UFO sightings. Hmm. There is said to be so much activity on and around Assinet Ledge that it is believed that the granite itself is haunted. Hmm. One story is that of the Lady of the Ledge. The story goes that once there was a man and a woman who were deeply in love. The couple would meet in secret atop the ledge, for their families disapproved of their love. One night, the woman arrived at the ledge, but her lover did not. She waited and waited, and when he didn't appear, she threw herself from the ledge to her death in the freezing waters below. It is said that her spirit haunts the ledge to this day. Many have claimed to see the ghost of the woman walking along the top, and some say that they had even seen her step off the ledge, disappearing just before she hit the water. Hmm. Whether or not this particular story is true, there has been at least one successful suicide at Asenath Ledge. In 2004, a man jumped from the ledge to his death in front of his girlfriend and their friends. His family reported he had no previous history of depression or, or expressed suicidal thoughts. Others have claimed that when standing atop Assinet Ledge, they have felt compelled to jump into the icy waters below. Luckily, they didn't, though there have been some cases of people bizarrely falling to their deaths when they get too close to the edge. Damn. Up until recently. Hey, I don't want to visit that place. It seems creepy. Oh, it also yeah. seems like it has really nice views, though. But it's it's way the fuck like it's I mean it's it's crazy because I was reading something online they were like how easy is it to get to Assinet Rock and it's like oh well you just walk up to the whatever it is like the um the park guide office and you say how do I get to Assinet Ledge and they just give you a map and then you just walk up the road and you're right there Hmm. it's pretty crazy yeah but the views look nice yeah I got some pictures that I found on. The old Google, and it looks nice. It's not that far from here either. I think it's like an hour and a half. Yeah, maybe someday. Yeah, we'll go. Visit. I ain't going too close to that ledge, but yeah, it looks. It it, it sounds like a, a spot where teenagers hang out too. Yeah, because it sounds like um, it sounds like Rock Rimmon. So those of you from that yeah. are not from Southern New Hampshire, we have Rock Rimmon in Manchester, yeah, and the it's the Concord a, Quarry too. That's where we. I've actually saw. never been to the Concord Quarry. I've been to Rock Rimmon. We used to go swimming there when we were kids. Oh really? Yeah, it was like you could swim in it, but it was gross. Yeah. It's real gross. Is it the Merrimack River? No, it's literally a quarry. It's a 200 foot deep quarry. It's 200 feet of water. Ew. I used, w- to, used to jump off. Ew. I would not go swimming there. That's Remember so scary. It, that's it, way too it, deep. It remake, it looked a lot like that. Oh, that's. Yeah. I wouldn't go there. That's way too deep. That's way too scary. Ew. Yeah, Ew. How do you get out of it? There's like, they have to like jump off. You, you go in the water and because you're jumping from so high, you would sink really deep. Ew. No. Where you could feel the water get like colder, 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 colder. No. And then you swim up and then you just start swimming 
And then um, you eventually get to the ledge, and then you just kind of grab some rock and climb up a little bit. No, and, no. Yeah. Oh, my God. I feel like I'm going to pass out. That's so scary. Yeah. I don't no. think I, have, I, 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 no. I wouldn't have the balls to jump Hell the no. thing now. Oh, and my God. I'm I've, sweating. I've just hiked up there to check it out. Like, in recent years, I mean, it's all spray paint and graffiti. There's broken bottles and needles everywhere. Ew. I mean, it was gross when we were younger, but it was, like, way grosser now. So. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, my God. I'm, like, sweating. I feel like I'm going to puke. Uh, <laughs> ew. I'm just, like, picturing myself, like, jumping into, like, these black waters and it's like mm-hmm. ew stop okay i don't want to talk about it anymore right. it's terrible we won't go to this place i promise <laughs> i won't take you there just never take me to the conquered quarries i never oh, want to go there just go look at it it's cool i would look at it from far away yeah oh that's it's so not, terrible it's not that bad that's terrifying well not too far from Assinet ledge is a seven mile dirt road that bisects the freetown state forest i'm probably going to say the name of this road wrong but it's Copacut? Copacut? I think it's Copacut. It's very hard to say. Copacut Road is a dark and often deserted road that one should only travel by on the brightest of days. For it is said that at night, those who travel along the road sometimes encounter a frightening apparition. Drivers had claimed that while driving down Copacut Road at night, They were suddenly blinded by bright headlights in their rearview mirror, belonging to an enormous truck, following within inches of their car. Soon, the truck's driver would begin laying on the horn and making wild motions out the window with his arms. The truck would continue to follow the terrified driver a little ways down the road and then disappear completely. Ew. Many shaken drivers have reported being chased by this strange and terrifying apparition. It's Large Marge. You ever right? see Pee Wee's Big Adventure? Uh-huh. Large Marge is terrifying. <laughs> I know, they just get a crap so out of me. So scary. <laughs> but no such truck has ever been found in the area. Wow. Yeah. When I was researching this, it's funny that you said Large Marge because somebody was like, well, it could be a woman driver. Mm-hmm. And then somebody else was like, if it's a woman driver, it's large marge right. because this this dude is like huge and like scary. Yeah, right. So yeah, I mean it was is pretty funny. But finally, we'll talk about one of Massachusetts' most notorious phantoms. For over three decades, locals have reported seeing a man with long red hair and a huge red beard walking along a dark stretch of Route 44 in the town of Rehoboth. Usually, the person who sees him is driving alone when the man appears. Sometimes, the man appears suddenly in the road, and before the driver has time to react, the car moves right through him. When they turn around, the man is gone. Weird. Yeah, so you're just driving down this dark road, and all of a sudden, this guy's in the middle of the road, and before you have time to like stop or react, you yeah. drive right through him, and you, when, you look behind him, when you look behind yourself, he's gone. It's like in Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other times, the man is seen walking along the side of the road, apparently hitchhiking. When the driver slows down to talk to the man, he vanishes. This is usually followed by some sort of frightening laughter that comes from nowhere. Ew. <laughs> Are you ready? Because this gets worse. All right. <laughs> Don't worry. It gets worse. <laughs> It always gets worse. Always gets worse. <laughs> One woman reported that she had actually stopped to pick the man up, but he disappeared as he went to grab the door handle. As soon as he did, her car battery died. Suddenly, the car was filled with the man's laughter, though he could no longer be seen. A few minutes later, the car started again, but not before the woman had completely broken down in fright. Yeah, I'd be shit myself too. Mm-hmm. another witness reported that he had been driving alone along route 44 when he saw the red-headed man appear in the back seat of his car through his rear view mirror the car radio suddenly began to scan through the stations and became so loud it shook the car the phantom vanished and began to laugh on the radio gross <laughs> i don't like that nope don't like it don't like you it. don't want to go down Route 44 in Rehoboth? No, no, I don't. 
No. I'm all set with that. Sounds like fun. Do you want to go to the Conquer Quarry? No, I don't. <laughs> Hell no. That sounds like a black hole. That's scary. I don't know. Kids are crazy, man. Yeah. Hey, let's I miss those days sometimes. Yeah. I used to jump off the trestle, mm-hmm. the one that's in Manchester. That's pretty high. That's like 60 feet. Yeah, that, that's the that's one. That's pretty um, high. Into which, the river. Which one? Into the Merrimack? So not the overpass that you can drive over, but the overpass, like the, the trestle, like the train trestle. Yeah. The one that's By Brown over- Ave. No. That was- no, it's in Hooksit. It's not in Manchester. It's in Hooksit. So it's a little oh, more yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one. It's uh, But nowadays, I guess because of like how the uh, the water- height changes so much you have, you have to be like really careful if you jump in because yeah you could just like hit the bottom and die yeah yeah, yeah you got to test it out oh i let other people test it out before i jumped <laughs> in yeah well, i mean that was also yeah. like 10 or 11 years ago but well, see you know what the quarries don't sound so dangerous because it's about 200 feet deep so you can't hit the bottom oh <sighs> 200 feet oh my god i legend, every time you legend, say that my hands sweat urban legend in the concord area was that there's a crane on the bottom with the whole, the crane sticking up and but no one knows exactly where because it's like two it's like not a very large crane but it's like 200 feet of water but supposedly if that quarry empty you have a whole entire crane just right there oh that's so weird yeah super weird i mean yeah i mean i guess if you lost a crane how would you get a crane out there's got to be a body or two at the bottom of that quarry. oh too. definitely it, so is the quarry is that like drinking water for the no the it, it used no? to be a granite quarry like a, like a hundred years ago and then they, they got all the granite out. They ditched it. And, and then it just uh, it filled, filled up. with water over the years. Oh, rainwater. Interesting. And it just filled and filled and filled. And it's on top of like a hill, like a huge hill. So oh. there's no way water can get in there, I feel like, without rain. It was yeah. probably just rainwater, yeah. Yeah, just over whatever, let's say fifth, even. 100 years. 100, it, could, yeah. it, it could have been there for, you know, a hundred, couple hundred years. Yeah, I mean, well, there's supposed to be a crane down there, and it was a quarry, so. Who knows? Yeah. Someone just driving a big old crane into the, the quarry and just. You just leave it. Yeah, just leave it. I guess, yeah. yeah. You got all the rock and stuff out, and it's like, I don't know. Oh, that's that's true, yeah. But that's just a myth. There might not be a crane down there. I'm not sure. There's a, There was all kinds of rumors. There's bodies down there. There's all kinds of rumors. There was ghosts and. All kinds so of creepy. Imagine e- if, if they drained spirits. it. And like, See, they- and the and the quarry was above, so there's the Concord prison. Mm-hmm. And when you're so you'd park in the back of the graveyard, and then there's the prison up the road. So the back of the graveyard, you find like a bushwhack trail, then you grab another trail and you start walking up, and then you have to turn off to a couple different trails. You have to kind of know how to get up there. But when you get towards the top, you look down, and you can see the prison down there. But on that trail, there's signs that are like they're basically like no trespass saying like um like they can suppose like there was a science that's about like like you'll be arrested on site because you're on prison property and blah 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 but no one ever went up there so we'd all just go swimming up right. there but there were so many like creepy rumors about like um convicts escaping from conquer prison oh i have heard about and that. then going up to the quarry and like killing people and blah 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 you know oh that's so crazy but it was all kinds of stuff like that you know but it was it was a good times we used to go there all the time yeah that's that's crazy no yeah. to me i don't I wasn't, I'm not from Concord, so I, I had heard about like the whole like yeah. escapee thing, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that's scary. Mm. All right. Are you ready for our last triangle? Triangle number three. Our third triangle. Drum roll. Yes. We're going to be talking about the Bennington Triangle. Vermont? Yes. Another local one. Local-ish. Another local one. Local-ish. Yeah. The yeah. Local-ish. Yeah. It, this, I believe, is, yeah, Southwest, Western Vermont. So not too far from us. But Bennington, Vermont's more north, isn't it? No. No? Western. It's like southwestern Vermont. Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. Burlington's north. Mm -hmm. This is perhaps my favorite triangle. Mm -hmm. There's something weird about this one. It's very, very creepy. (laughs) Weird about this one? (laughs) There's something extra weird about this one. This one's very creepy. All right. All right. Ready? The Bennington Triangle is an area of southwestern Vermont that has long been known for strange and unexplained events, such as UFO activity, strange lights and sounds, and Bigfoot sightings. Hmm. Always Bigfoot. That sneaky, sneaky bastard. You know, the only one he was missing from was the Bermuda Triangle. What if it's Bigfoot? Because he can't swim. Says who? He's got big feet. Maybe he can walk on water. He doesn't have to swim. 
Well, he's not Jesus, but maybe maybe he is. Maybe he is. <laughs> Think about that joke Ross told us. <laughs> oh, don't even get into the joke. If you would like to t- Nick to tell you the Bigfoot Jesus joke, you can email us at creepyourheartout at gmail.com. I will, I will do it personally for you over Zoom or, or um, yeah. FaceTime. Email us your phone number and uh, yeah, he will. Nick will tell you the joke over. I'll do the whole Bigfoot joke. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll tell you the joke. The name Bennington Triangle was coined in 1992 by Joseph A. Citro, a New England author, who said the area shares many characteristics with the Bridgewater Triangle in nearby Massachusetts. Hmm. The triangle is centered around Glastonbury Mountain and includes the towns of Bennington, Woodford, Shaftesbury, and Somerset, the last of which is essentially a ghost town, having been disincorporated by by the Vermont General Assembly in 1937. As of the 2010 census, Somerset had a total population of three, <clears throat> which reportedly dropped to two in 2011. Hmm. Now, what do you think? Do you think someone moved out or died? Well, it wouldn't be, I would assume moved out. I mean, you're in a town of three. I feel like maybe you want to go to some bigger, better things. Well, it's not like it's not like everybody left in 2010 and there was just three people left. Like it, it, it was disincorporated in 1937. So I think people just started moving out of there. Yeah. There's like nothing there. Yeah. It's really crazy. I want to I visit there. Is it like literally look like a ghost town? Yeah. Like stuck in the 30s? Yeah, That's there's like sick. nothing there. Yeah, there's nothing there. There's literally two people living there. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's like, uh, they don't have any sort of, they have no form of local government. It's like um, some nearby town, quote, supervises yeah. this town. Like, it's just, I mean, it's only two people and they're probably yeah. like living in the woods somehow. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like living, I mean, in a house in the woods, probably. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. According to Native American lore, the area is said to be cursed and should be avoided at all costs. Hmm. I feel like the Native Americans have never wrong about this shit. Yeah. They're 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 like, yeah, there's a reason we didn't settle there. Right. Because it's fucking cursed. Get stay out of there. But then people do, and then it you know, now now look, it's, it's a ghost town. Um Because when I start getting on my Italian bullshit, I think that there's a curse on me or a hex or someone gave me the malloy. You're always like, there's no such thing as curses. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I think that for some reason, the Native Americans, I, I think they know their shit. I mean, they've been on this land, you know, a hundred times longer yeah. than than we have. Yeah. I think they know the land a little better than we do. Yeah. And I think I do, maybe not like, I guess, I don't want to say I believe in like, curses i guess and i don't even want to call it like bad vibes but i feel like when they say oh yeah we avoid that place we always have avoided that place for thousands of years it's like there's probably a fucking reason yeah you know maybe, what i mean even if it's just like the ground is shitty can't grow crops maybe because yeah. i mean they have their legends too i mean they're, they're, right. their culture has all kinds but of legends all and lore is based and, in fact though i mean it has a basis in fact like somewhere. there was yeah but but like i could see like something like a bunch of Native Americans, like, they're like, okay, we can't grow crops here. The, the soil's crap. Move on. And then they go, oh, well, the soil must have been cursed. And then it becomes, well, it was cursed because of this, maybe because mm-hmm. of that. And then it turns into a big, scary story, yeah. you know? Well, who knows? And then all of a sudden, a bunch of white settlers come in or white whatever, colonizers come in. And all of a sudden, they go, oh, they said it's cursed. It must be really bad, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but who knows? One legend even warned of a malevolent stone in the mountains that would open up and consume anyone unfortunate enough to tread on it. Hmm. So you step on the wrong stone and it just opens up and eats you. Damn. Yeah. Like in Super Mario. Mm-hmm. Just belches out your shoes. Just that's, where, that's where the ocean farts come from. Yes. It's all, and then there's that poem stone. Mm-hmm. It's all connected. We should draw. Hear me out. Mm-hmm. We should draw. A triangle from the Bermuda Triangle, the Bennington Triangle, and what's the last one? The Bridgewater Triangle. Be really see what happens. Skinny triangle. It'd be a very skinny. It'd be more like a straight line. I think. I'd be interested to see the bent. So you have the Bennington Bennington one, and what was the other one? Um, Bennington, Bridgewater, and Bermuda. 
Do, they also all yeah. start with B. Is that Do, super weird? How ben, did I not know that? Bennington and Bridgewater. And then look at the maybe the rough shape of the Bermuda Triangle. Figure out the third point. Because maybe like up in Canada, there's like a third point. Mm. And it makes a triangle. And when you when you trace them all out on a map, it just draws like a giant middle finger yeah. or something. It's just <laughs> like... <laughs> But besides the Native American lore, an occasional Bigfoot sighting, the area is known to be the place where at least five people mysteriously vanished between 1945 and 1950. The first was of that of 74-year-old Mitty Rivers on November 12th, 1945. Mitty was out on a hunting trip, guiding a group of four hunters up through the mountains. On the way back to their camp, Mitty went ahead of the group and was never seen again. An extensive search for Mitty by police and volunteers turned up nothing but a single rifle cartridge found in a stream near the trail. This incident happened near the Long Trail Road area and Vermont Route 9, an area with which Mitty, an experienced hunter and fisherman, was very familiar with. So he'd been in these woods a ton of times, like hunting and fishing, and he just disappeared without a trace. They didn't find his body. They never found like any of his belongings. The only thing they found was that a rifle cartridge mm. in a stream. Like a single, he fired off a single shot. Seems like it. Hmm. And then he just disappeared. They didn't find any of his stuff. They didn't find him. Bigfoot. Yeah, I totally think it's Bigfoot. Yeah. I think Bigfoot got him. Mm-hmm. That son of a bitch. That son of a bitch. Took him to another dimension. Took mm-hmm. him to Dorothy. Yep. By way of an earth fart. By, <laughs> by way. You just fly away on an earth fart cloud and land on Dorothy. Mm-hmm. With Bigfoot. <laughs> well, next to disappear was 18-year-old Paula Weldon. Paula was a sophomore at Bennington College. On December 1st, 1946... She set out for a hike on the long trail. Many people saw her along the way, including a local reporter who gave her directions. An elderly couple reported seeing Paula walking along the trail about 100 yards in front of them. According to them, she turned a corner in the trail, and when they came to the same spot, she had vanished. When Paula failed to return to school the following day, a search of the area was conducted. A $5,000 reward was posted, and even the FBI became involved. But it was of no use. Not a scrap of evidence was ever found that may have led searchers to Paula. Rumors speculated that she had run off to Canada with a boyfriend, or that she had simply chosen to spend the rest of her life as a, reclu- as a recluse living in the mountains. Hmm. That last one definitely is weird. Like, yeah. why Why would anyone do that? Doesn't seem likely. Yeah, that doesn't seem likely. Especially because she was in college. Why would she, like, run off to live in the woods? Yeah. I mean, I don't know her. Uh, maybe the boyfriend thing. But she was also walking by herself. Like, a bunch of people had seen her walking by herself. So Maybe her boyfriend's Bigfoot. No, I think you're on to something here. Mm. Definitely. Maybe. Well, either way, they never found her. Hmm. Unfortunately, she just second person to just disappear. Weird. Yeah. James E. Tedford was a veteran living in Bennington and the third person to have vanished from the Bennington Triangle area. This one is the weirdest one, I think. Hmm. James had been visiting relatives in St. Albans, and had been accompanied by his family to the local bus station when the visit was over. Witnesses reported seeing James get on the bus, and that he was still on the bus at the last stop before it arrived in Bennington. However, when the bus arrived in Bennington, James did not get off. In fact, he had vanished completely, his belongings still in the luggage rack, and an open bus schedule on his vacant seat. Hmm. He disappeared on December 1st, 1949, exactly three years after Paula Weldon disappeared. He was never seen again. Wow. Yeah. 
So he got on the bus, but he never got off the bus. And his all his stuff that he brought with him was still there. Hmm. And he just vanished exactly three years after the last one. So triangle, three points. I guess so. Three years. Yeah. Three disappearances. Isn't that fucking weird? That's so weird. So weird. Wow. The fourth person to disappear was eight-year-old. Oh, there's four. There's five. Five. Okay. That kind of ruins my whole theory. (laughs) Anyway, continue. Well, the fourth person to disappear was eight-year-old Paul Jeffson. On October 12th, 1950, little Paul was last seen in a truck accompanied by his mother. His mother had left Paul unattended in the truck for about an hour while she went to feed some pigs. When she returned, her son was gone. A search for the boy turned up nothing, though he had been wearing a bright red jacket at the time of his disappearance and should have been easily spotted. Bloodhounds tracked the boy's scent to a local highway, where, four years earlier, Paula Weldon had disappeared. Hmm. So they tracked his scent to the highway, and it was gone. He was gone. They didn't find him. Huh. And they never found him. The scent was just gone. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That was probably not Bigfoot. That probably wasn't Bigfoot. I think that was probably someone. Aliens. Uh, maybe. Or someone abducted him in a car or something. Who knows? Yeah. That's sad, though. It is. You know, they never found out where he went. The fifth and last disappearance happened just 16 days after little Paul had vanished. On October 28th, 1950, 53-year-old Frida Langer was camping with her family near the Somerset Reservoir. That afternoon, she and her cousin, Herbert Elsner, left the campsite for a hike. Along the trail, Frida slipped and fell into a stream, soaking her clothes. She told Herbert to wait for her while she ran back to the campsite for a dry change of clothes. When, did she, when she did not return, Herbert went back to the campsite where he discovered that Frida was not there and that no one had seen her since they had left for the hike. Over the next two weeks, five searches were conducted to find Frida. A group of over 300 people, including police and volunteers, searched by both ground and sky, but found nothing. Over six months later, on May 12, 1951, Frida's body was discovered near the Somerset Reservoir in an area that had been previously searched multiple times. What? Her remains were so badly decomposed that a cause of death could not be determined. Damn. She was the only one they found. Yeah. They didn't find any of the other ones. But yeah, they didn't. They had no idea what happened to her. Wow. She just disappeared off this trail. And I don't think they were very far from the campsite. Like they were just like a little ways up the trail. And she was like, oh, I'm just going to go change real quick because I'm mm. so soaking wet. And she just never made it back there. Damn. Yeah. That's fucking weird. Yeah. Because I was going to say, like, my first thought was like, Okay, guy kidnapped her and had his way with her, and they searched for her. They gave, and then whatever he dumped the body, then they found it. But if it's if it was that decomposed and out in the elements, you know what uh, else I think is weird too is that, like I said, I don't think they were far up the trail from like the campsite. Mm-hmm. No one heard her scream. Yeah, like no one heard any of these people scream. Yeah, like that, like Paula Weldon, she was a hundred yards up from these people that were on the trail. Turned the corner, vanished. They weren't that far behind her. Right. No one ever heard any of these people scream. They just disappeared. Same thing with that hunter, the the first guy, Mitty. Yeah, he was walking along the trail and he just disappeared. Just vanished. Just vanished. Yeah. Bizarre. And four out of five of them were never found. You know, I yeah. mean, it's pretty crazy, right? Oh yeah. So yeah, you guys, that was uh that was the triangle trifecta. We had the Bermuda, we had the Bridgewater and the Bennington. Bennington, yeah. The B's triple B. The triple B. And what else starts with B? Fucking Bigfoot. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I think you and black holes. Black hole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 
Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I mean, what did you think of that one? Was that one? Yeah, it was cool. Fun? Yeah. I mean, it was kind of cool, right? It's yeah. a little bit of, I'm trying to redeem myself from that Hello Kitty one. Yeah, it was fucked. Yeah, I know. That one was pretty fucked up. But this one, you know, this one, uh, I like ones that they make you think. There's no definitive answer. No yeah. one knows what actually happened. You know what I mean? They, uh, charge, they ignite the imagination. Exactly. Of. Yeah. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that as well. I had a lot of fun researching this this weekend. It was a blast. I haven't decided what I'm going to do for next week yet, but uh, maybe we'll scare the shit out of Nick. We'll think. Mm. We'll, we'll we'll see what happens. That'd be cool. Not. Well, in the meantime, you can follow us on social media: Instagram at creepyourheartout underscore pod, Twitter at creep y h o underscore pod. Again, I haven't been using Twitter much, but who knows, maybe someday I will, so make sure you follow so you can keep an eye out. And if there are any cases you would like us to cover, you can head on over to our Instagram and send us a DM. I am the one that checks those, so I will be the one, and if any of you are getting answers, it's from me. So yeah, send me over your stories because uh, and your requests and all that good stuff because I have been writing them down. Every one that I've gotten, I haven't looked into all of them yet, but I have been writing them down in my notes, so I have them ready to go. We would love to do a listener stories episode eventually, so if you have any crazy, creepy stories about yourself or someone you know, and you'd like to share it with us, you can write them in at creepyourheartoutpod at gmail.com. That also goes to me as well. And lastly, we are a small two-man podcast that writes, records, and produces these episodes all on our own for your listening pleasure. We will never charge our listeners for our content. If you're enjoying the show, please share with a friend or family member who you think would also like us. And if you are able to, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. It really helps the show out tremendously, and we, we will be forever grateful. So we will see you all next week. Bye, creepies. Creepy later.